and we are prepared to allow the truth of God to shape our lives, aren't we? Amen. Amen. You see, so, so this, is, this is what it says in 2.13. It says this, okay? For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for His good pleasure. It's God who's working in us His will for His good pleasure. Now, let's read before. I'm going to put this into some context of the chapter. And um, from let, let me read here from verse 3. Let's read now this in context. It says this in verse 3, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. So there's a sense in which God is speaking, okay, to us, that we are meant now to be his vessels. We're looking out for the interests of others. God has, has put this in us, and, and this is the appropriate behavior for the Christian. And it says this in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice what it says. It says, let. It says, let. Everyone say, let. let. It says, let, because what does that mean? Well, that means that we have to let. <laughs> it means that there's a possibility that we might not let. And if, if we might not let, that would be a bad thing. Because if we might not let, then all of the associated works that are surrounding this let will be inhibited through our lack of letting. You see? And a lot of the time what happens is we think we know better. We think that we understand. We think that we've got it worked out. We think that we have to. But actually what we've got to do is to let just let. It's so easy. Really, this beautiful gospel is so easy. We have to let. And let's read on now. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Which was also in Christ Jesus. Which was also in Christ Jesus. But hold on a sec, everyone. That means the same mind that was in Christ Jesus can be in me. Oh, surely it can't mean that. Surely. Could it mean that? Is, it, is that possible? Of course it is. That's why this glorious gospel is the most powerful thing ever given to mankind. That's why when people take this on board, it really does transform lives. This is the most magnificent news ever given to mankind. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. 
and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of this cross. This wonderful Savior that we have. What a Savior. What a Jesus. He comes to go to the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, and those in heaven and of those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What he's saying is this. This is such a great and marvelous, a staggering truth. It's utterly staggering, the truth of this gospel. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What does he mean, work out? He doesn't mean that we have to necessarily do anything or add anything. The working out is in letting. That's the working out. It's just in letting, in yielding to God. That's our work. They said to Jesus, you know, they said, what must we do to work the works of God? And do you know what Jesus said to them? Believe. That's the work of God. Just belief. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? That's it. Believe. Yeah, wow. Wow. That's it. And we should never lose that wow, you know. If you find yourself in a position in, in a church or when you read the Bible, oh, I've read it before and I'm going to read it again dutifully, I suppose, because I've got to do a chapter a day. If you find yourself in that position, give yourself a good slap across the face and tell yourself, I need to wake up. I better wake up and realize this is fresh manna for my life today. And get a little rough with yourself sometimes. Sometimes we need to get a little rough with ourselves, you know. Because sometimes I think we can be too uh, gentle on ourselves. Because this demands enthusiasm. It demands an engagement. And let's read the next verse again. For, he's talked now about working out our salvation. Okay. Work out your own salvation. Now, let me just explain to you that word salvation. It's the theological subject of soteriology. It's that huge subject that talks about everything to do with salvation. So when he says work out your salvation, it's not what, what's happened traditionally in the mainline traditional churches, sadly, so often, it has been that word's been reduced to my, my ticket to heaven. My salvation, my ticket to heaven. That's not what it means. It doesn't mean that. What it means is much more than that. It includes that, but it also means everything that pertains to the will of God for my life today. And that includes everything that God's called me to do. So my salvation is about everything in my life, the full and entire bounty of God for my life. The riches of God for my life. That's that word salvation. 
soteriology, sozo. It's to do with everything that God has for me and all his promises in the scripture. It's a huge word. And um, we can read it so quickly <laughs> and miss what it's really meaning. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's his good pleasure. And it's God who's working in us. So sometimes I meet people, you know, and they say, I don't know what God's will is for my life. I say, well, you've not been listening. Because it's God who's working in us. It's him who's working in us. I don't know the answers. I don't know what's going on a lot of the time. I really don't. I don't need to know. I feel sometimes as if I'm just on a journey, you know, and I'm like a passenger on a journey, almost the feeling of, you know, just being on a, if you can imagine, you, you, you know, you're a passenger in a car or something. It's like that. This yieldedness is full of surprises. Very strange things happen when you yield to God. He takes you to places you wouldn't have thought you'd have gone. But when you yield to God, he can use you then, you see. But what happens is, if you're not letting, if you're not letting this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, what's happened is you'll have your ideas. You'll be leaning on your own understanding. You'll be working it all out for yourself. You'll be thinking, I think this is a good idea. And it'll be a boring and small little matter that you'll be involved in with your own mind. But if you can just let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus, he takes us to greater, bigger, wonderful things. Exciting things of the truth of God. You see, that's what it means to let this mind. And then what it is, is it's God who's doing it in and through us. You see, it's, it's not us straining and working and putting effort. It's God. It's all God. It's all about him. Hallelujah. And let's read it out again. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's his good pleasure. He enjoys it. And we will as well. We may not understand it. Let me explain to you. I was once here, walking here. I'll tell you when it was. It was a prayer meeting. I was, in fact, there was someone else here. I don't know who it was, but there was someone else. And I was walking up, and it was midweek. And it was 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was standing here, and I was walking up and down praying, okay? I'm going to give you an illustration of how this works. And I was walking up and down, and I was saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Just have your way, Lord. Have your way. What should we do, Lord? What should we do about these things? And I was pouring out my my, my uh, thoughts to him and just listening. You know, when you speak to God in prayer, then it's important to be quiet and listen. If you really expect he's going to speak back. If, if you don't, you just keep pouring out. <laughs> but he does answer our prayers. He answers, just listen. Listening, you see? Listening. Listening. And then I felt this desire to go and make an offer on a house. On the house that we had that lovely party in yesterday. And thank you all for being there, by the way. We so enjoyed having, having you. Thank you for coming. 
But at the time, we were thinking about putting an offering on this house, Micah and I. And, um, but I thought, well, I, and I, had this, I had this urgent desire to go out to the car park and put the offering straight away. And I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm in the prayer. I've committed to praying from 11 through to 12 o'clock. I'm in the prayer meeting. I'm not going to do that. That's a wicked thing to think, Steve. No. And then what I did was I, I continued to pray and, oh, your will, Lord, and I'm praying about other things. And that desire came again. Go and put the offering on the house. I thought, I mean, the prayer meeting, how unspiritual am I? You know what I mean? So unspiritual, you know. I wish I could be a better man, a more godly man, a more spiritual individual, you know. Why am I like this, you know? I was disappointed in myself. I had a strong desire, strong desire to do something. I didn't understand why I needed to do it. It went against everything in my understanding, my religious mindset. Are you listening, everyone? And so what happened was, again, I had that feeling. Go and put the offering. And it was so strong. The third time I thought, well, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. And I just went out and I walked out of the prayer meeting and I walked into the car park. And as I walked out to the door of the church, I heard something else. Michael and I prayed and we decided to put an offering at £10,000 below the asking price. And as I walked out the door of the church, the Lord spoke to me again. Do you know what he said? You offer the full asking price. I thought, wow. And I, I mean, I just, you know. Now let's read this verse again, okay? Um, from verse 4 of Philippians 2. I want to get back to the story, but I just want us to read this. Let each of you, no, sorry, verse 3. Um, sorry, verse 5. <laughs> Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And then, verse 13, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. It's God who's working in you. God is doing that work. So, I go out, I, I, I go out, and, and I make the phone call, and I put the offer in, and I say, I'm asking, we're offering full asking price for the house, and she said, okay, I'll put the offer in. I'll let you know later on today. Later on in the day, she phoned me back. She said, congratulations, Mr. Evans. You have been successful. They've accepted your offer. There was another offer made for the asking price. But the family have decided to go with yours because your offer came in quarter of an hour before their offer. quarter of an hour before so that's why i had to get out of the prayer meeting and put the offering then my religious mind if i'd have kept my religious hat on my religious mind i'd have missed it you see you know set rules set things that religious mindset i'm so happy that what god has for us is bigger and more wonderful than religious rules and regulations we're into this life of God, a relationship with God, where he speaks to us. You see, that's the thing. He speaks to us. He speaks to us and he directs us and he tells us what he wants us to do. He, he's directing our lives. And I believe this verse, he says, for it is God who works in you. God is working in you. If there's a desire that you have, 
and you can't understand it, and it doesn't make sense to you, and if you tell people, they won't get it either, because believe me, they won't. And especially the ones who are usually thinking they're spiritual. Very often, they're the worst type, really. Um, especially the pastors, you know, the ones who wear clerical collars. And you have to really watch those. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, just because they won't get it. Because what I found is they don't live like this. So most of the time they're just living in a ritualistic, dead ritualistic type of life. And he's not got us for that. What he's got us is for real life, abundant life. And, you know, no, um, no, no limitations on our life. When we yield to him, all things are possible, my Bible teaches. Hallelujah! What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Well, it makes me so happy. Yes, it makes me so happy. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, the truth is this. It's God who works in you. So if you have a desire that you can't understand, and, and, and it's prompting you, and it's there again, and you've, you've resisted, but it's there again, you may not always be able to work it out. So just do it. If there's no sin in it, and you've examined it, and there's no sin in it, and the Bible describes what missing the mark is, you know, and, and if there's no sin that can be detected in it, do it with the confidence that it's God who's directing you. And go into it boldly. Go into it with joy. Go into it with expectation. Go into it knowing, hey, I'm on an adventure in my life. I'm not working it all out. I don't have to understand it all because I'm listening to a voice inside of me, which is the voice of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> and you know, that's what happened to me when I went and I went, you remember the testimony? I've shared it before. I've got many testimonies of this sort of thing. But you remember that witch? Who would have thought I would have gone to a witch's shop? A witch's shop and took out the encyclopedia. And because God directed me. And I look back in my life and I think some of the great things that have happened, some of the wonderful things have been under the direction of God. Some of the strange things that have happened. It's been because I've done something that you can't, I can't quantify it in the natural. I don't understand. I don't need to understand it. I just need to be obedient to it. I need to let this mind be in you. Let it be in you. See, when I first started on the miracle journey, you know, and, and praying and ministering in that, in that realm, and I thought, well, it's an offense to the people I went to college with. And it was an offense to me. And I first heard about it, and I, I turned my nose up at it. I thought, well, that's, that's nonsense. I thought that about miracles and things. I thought, oh, no. Oh, I'm an educated person. I'm not going to. That's what I thought. And then I yielded. 
And I yielded. And in yielding, I had to, what did I have to do to yield? I had to let this mind be in you. You see, when we let the mind of Christ be in us, we have a clue of what that's going to look like. And the clue is this. Look at the ministry of Christ. Look at Jesus' ministry. Look at his life. Look at what he says a life of someone who follows him will look like. And we have all those clues in the Bible. And we see that that's what it would look like. The miraculous, the supernatural, that wonderful realm and adventure with God. I'm so thrilled and so happy that we have that opportunity. How wonderful God is. He says this, okay. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's his pleasure. He enjoys seeing us in these things and enjoying these things with us. He loves to see that, you know. And what a wonderful uh, thing. He says this, do all things without complaining and disputing. Do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You see, when we live this way, we shine as lights in this world. The people look and they say, well, there's something different about them. They're completely different. They're shining as lights. Well, in the Christmas nativity story, of course, there was a light. And there's a young girl here this morning. Maybe is she here this morning? I don't see Emma Grace here this morning, is she? She's not here. But, uh, but I asked her yesterday, and I would have asked her now, um, if she could tell us about the star. Because she told me about the star yesterday, which was shining bright. And that star was shining bright. And who followed that star that was shining bright? Who was it that followed? Wise men? Wise men? Shepherds? Who was it that followed? <laughs> okay. We have this Christmas card. And in this Christmas card, this, this is what I want us all to do. I want us to read this to each other. This is the nativity story. The cards are here. Please, if you can make a donation, make a donation. But what we've done is we've compiled the nativity story together. And we've done it so we can read it to our families, our friends. If you're confident enough and you've got a mobile phone, record it on your mobile phone and post it to your you know, page that your family and friends can see you reading it. Wouldn't that be nice? Because, you know, they don't want to necessarily see um, anyone else, but it, because you're reading it, they'll be interested, you know? It'll, it'll mean more for coming from you. And, you know, and I want to encourage grandmothers, read it. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, they'll, they'll look at it. Parents... Read it, you know. They'll look at it. They'll be able to see it. Some in other parts of the world, they'll be able to see it. Isn't that lovely? 
Let's, let's take this and read it, okay? And uh, look at that. But here's the point of this. And you can see we chose the star right on the front of it there. It's uh, theologically not entirely accurate, um, but it's a beautiful picture, beautiful scene, and conveys the nativity to us. But here's the point, everyone. I'll close with this because I can hear that brass band. Here's the point, okay, that we shine, verse 15, as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. We're not running this race in vain, laboring in vain, yet and if I'm being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I'm glad and I rejoice with you all. Well, of course, this was Paul, bless him, written from a prison where he was facing death. Um, what a remarkable man. And what a wonderful insight we have into the life of Christ. And um, I'm so encouraged by that this morning. Let's now pray. Join me as we pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this word of encouragement uh, that you've given us. We thank you for the book of Philippians. We thank you that, yes, we will shine as lights. Yes, we will let this mind of Christ be in us. Yes, we will yield that your will will be done. And we know that it's your good pleasure. You work in us. And Father, we thank you for that. So have your way with us, we say, Lord. As we go out into the community here and we do something in the front where we sing, and Lord, I pray that we would be as lights. As we have conversations with people, I pray, Lord, that we would be as lights. That, Father God, our family and our friends would look at us and say, whatever they have, I want it. I want that. I can see the light of the gospel in them. Father, please have your way with us, that we would be all that you've called us to be and do all that you've called us to do. In Jesus' glorious name, amen. Amen. Praise God, everyone. Amen. Yeah. Now, if anyone wants prayer, if anyone wants prayer, I'm going to remain at the front, but I think now we're going to disperse outside.